This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. This is episode 134. I am Josh. With me is Chris. Good, good, good day. <laughs> and Mark. Hello. So, at the, hi, Mark. At the at the beginning of last week's episode, we asked you to share the podcast with one of your coworkers or one of your friends, and that clearly has been done. So let's keep it up. Um, major listen increases from. Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, California. But if you're listening and you didn't do that, what's the deal? Like, check yourself real quick. Just take a second. Take a second. Check yourself. Did you do it? I, I, I think why? I was going to say you're being awfully aggressive. We need to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, why are you the, so angry? <laughs> after after the... out, Yeah, whatever. Mark clearly is um, tired. Grumpy the pants. Poor fella. To poor fella. Today is his first day of school. Oh, and his lights just <laughs> went out. <laughs> what in the world? Did your wife turn the lights out on you or what? I think I think my wife turned the lights out. That's hilarious. Yeah, you're in a completely well, dark room. That's funny. So this... you know, this one time the lights went out. Oh my god. I got god. a story. I got a story. <laughs> Let's oh go ahead and talk God. about that. We have a we have a cool interview, and I, I, we're just never going to tell the story, okay? No, we it's can't be tell a th- the story. It's going to be a thing of legend. But we had a cool interview this week that's going to maybe come out yep. next week or sooner. Well, you never know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you never know. We get to e- uh, interview Elena Clark, uh, who was with CISA, the one of the assistant directors. Was it was it stakeholder engagement? Yes. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Great interview you guys were very professional yeah, you were not yeah i don't so there was um so i guess we can tease this right so we get the interview uh mrs clark uh mark and i met her at the k-12-6 conference several months ago down in texas tried to get her to sit in the hot seat there she said that she would not could not because she needed to get that approved by her team and the whole bit uh but then it worked out that we could interview her uh, this week, and we can unpack a little bit about what she talked about, or maybe we'll just not wait. I, I uh, think we wait. I think, yeah. Okay. So anyway, we, uh, you know, we had to send the questions in advance, and uh, she had someone like beside her off screen, you know, moder- like just paying attention to what was going on, uh, monitoring conversation. And I told a story that got cut. <laughs> I did. It yes, it did. Yeah. Not you guys. Yes, it did. No, it was you. <laughs> it was me. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, cut. I don't. I wouldn't say it was inappropriate. Uh, I think we all agreed that story's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as the story was over, there was no question whether or not that story was getting cut. Yes. So I, I it's going to be a thing of legend because I don't think we can ever. No, hear it. but it was a great interview once that story was cut. So we're looking forward to that. That'll be the next episode. Yeah, hopefully we get uh, their stamp of approval here in the next day or so, and we can get that released. So yeah, we we thank 
uh, Elena for coming on. If they're listening, I'm sure they're listening. Um, <clears throat> I told you guys too. That's on me. That's <laughs> it's on me. Well, we, I take it. We know who's definitely not getting invited to the White House next time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but if you guys got invited and I didn't, you wouldn't go. Like because we're brothers. No, I would go. I'm sorry. No, we're brothers. We would stand um, together. No, I would go. Mark. Mark, you, yeah, oh yeah, you'd, you'd stand 100%. down, right? I'd stand down in Washington D.C. next to my friend Josh. <laughs> <laughs> We'd send a postcard. Okay. So Lo- yeah, lo- pay attention. Loyalty check understood. Understood. Yeah. Keep keep an eye out. We'll have a, a special episode coming out with uh, an interview with Elena Clark. It was super good. So Mark's first day of school was today. Yeah, and he looks rather uh, worn from it. Yep. Busy yep. day. Things go okay. Kids got their kids get fed. Kids went home. Uh yeah. Yeah. We did some of those things. Good. Um we had a heat emergency in the city today. Oh yeah, you were telling it highs in the nineties. So, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a hot, hot day, and that that causes all kinds of other issues. And um on top of that, we're monitoring our equipment to make sure that nothing overheats. And while it didn't overheat, because not all of our network closets are are air conditioned in our schools, not all of our schools have air conditioning. What did happen was that we did have a lot of new air conditioners that were added in the last year to our schools, and the power was chugging. Oh, really? We had we had a lot of power issues on the first day, and I think we've talked about this before, but it is amazing how many people don't realize that the internet needs electricity Mm. so when the electricity goes out and then they ask well what about the internet i have a tough time with that yeah so that was my day that was okay it was a very very long day ready for day two though yeah day two will be interesting should we do like i do with my kids when it's been a bad day mark can you tell us one good thing that happened today Um, I got out of, uh, my last school. I was in a total of six schools today and I got out of the last school and I was walking to my car and there is a super fancy boutique, uh, craft brew store. Oh, so I, so I loaded up. (laughs) Understood. (laughs) Understood. I think I could tell that when you came on tonight. Um, (laughs) no. So yeah, that was, that was the best part. We've had an interesting couple of days. Um, our sis has been out three days in a row. Today it was only for 20 minutes, but uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, yesterday it was out for a good majority of the morning, probably till right around lunch. And then Tuesday it was out starting at about lunch and going until more or less the end of the day. Uh, so that has been fun. I Josh, will you tell- got a... You got a brand new sis. Why, we do have a brand new sis. Yes. And I was going to say, it is, it is not Jupiter, but if you are in the market for a new student information system, you can check out Jupiter. Chris, tell them the way to contact Jupiter. For sure. Jupiter, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email Stuart. That's stuart.miles at jupitered.com. Uh, I'll put that in the uh, podcast description. Uh, Jupiter is a sis. They're a great sis, uh, in particular for small, medium sized school districts, but they can, they can scale all the way up. Uh, Stuart wanted me to mention they have a robust messaging system. 
if you're needing the email uh, within Jupiter to staff, to students, to uh, admin, uh, to, 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 to parents, etc., cetera, uh, they really let you customize those groups and, and do a better job than maybe some of our uh, more familiar CISs that are on the market. So check out Jupiter. So yeah, we, we are not using Jupiter, but it's gone down um, several times this week for extended amounts of time. Which, um, Mark, you had a question about that. What was it? Your, your SIS has gone down, not Jupiter. Correct. My SIS has gone down, not yeah. Jupiter. Yeah. So we, we've, we've also, we made a major change with our SIS this year. And we've also had some SIS challenges over the last couple of weeks. Interesting. So you and I are both in that drudgery of what do we do when the SIS is not acting the way we want it to do or it's not available? We were talking about this ahead of the show. Josh, what are you doing to prepare for your SIS going down? Well, on day two, when it went down, I had a list of things that people to call and warn them that it had gone down. Day one, it was kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Um, transparency, I did not have a phone number for our SIS support line. All of the support up until this point, up until this point through implementation was done through their support portal. I honestly didn't know they had a phone number. So uh, a neighboring district that had been on on uh, this assist for a good while gave me the support phone number. Um, <coughs> Campus. Like how I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was, you know, it was starting with that. Okay. I know I need to update my incident response plan now with support number four said sis. Um, the, the big worry that I had immediately off the top of my head was attendance calls because we automate that at a, during a certain time of the day, certain period we have an automated report that checks that period, that hour's attendance. And if it's an unexcused absence or an unverified absence, a, a text goes out to the parent. So my worry was while SIS was down, it was going to come up at the last minute during that hour and no one will have done attendance. Sure. So we're going to have, you know, 4,000 attendance calls going out inadvertently, wrongly accusing kids of skipping school. Um. The second concern that we had was food service. So on day two, when this happened, um, the food service director shares an office with us. So I hollered down the hall at her and I said, hey, start calling your your uh, kitchen managers and, and just warn them they're likely going to see an error message and they're likely not going to be able to run lunch pins. Tell them to start writing things that be prepared to start writing things down. Have paper, have pens, get get ready because it's probably going to happen. Um, much beyond that, I was kind of out of the loop, but it will. I have a feeling it's going to lead to discussions during our next admin meeting of, okay, if it were to go down and, and we had an incident, I actually text somebody during this. I said, hey, you know what? Now would be a great time for a fire drill because, you, you know, <clears throat> how do you test? in those instances or how do you test for that instance when your sis is down or when you have an internet outage and you can't get to your sis, your sis might be up. You can't get on the web or you can't get on cell service to run attendance yeah. or a reunification application. Um, that that's the best time so to you, test that. So you, you just described three different buckets of work that you had to do. The first one was who do you notify? Who are you calling both internally and to the vendor? Right. So in your instant response plan, are you updating that? Who am I going to call when this goes down? Yep. Who am None I going to notify? 
what are the processes? The second thing you described, uh, which was interesting, were, were all the interconnected systems that are dependent on that sys. Yeah. Do you have that documented? Um, the As far as those notifications go, the PR person and I know what those are, but documented on paper, no. So you have the sys that goes down at a certain time and you've got to quickly figure out, okay, since it's down while this process is running, what's the the implications of it not running right. on time and, or of it being delayed? And, and my fear was that we were going to be in that window of sys being down and attendance not being taken because the system is down. But let, let's say this process runs at 10 o'clock in the morning. That that it pulls this report automatically and send texts out. Let's say yep. it comes up at nine. It that sys comes up at nine fifty, but everyone is still in the process of either teaching. They don't realize it's up. No one's notified teachers that it's up, so they haven't gone in to take attendance. Right at ten o'clock, that job still runs and sends those text messages out. We would have had a bunch of in, uh, incorrect your kids skipping school text messages go out. Right. Um, so you've got you've got all the the uh, integrations that are dependent on that sys being up and active, and what happens to those integrations when they uh, when they're not seeing the sys? Right. The third thing, which you kind of touched upon as well, is how are you going to continue to run your day to day business? So how do you take attendance? How do the lunch monitors uh, know who to feed? All those kinds of things. So is that an area that that you have in place, or are you developing, or? Again, that I, I think some of that, um, it needs to be developed. That plan needs to be developed as far as those contingency plans for, okay, when when this does happen, how does attendance work? Are teachers taking it on paper, yep. sending it to the office so that it can be updated later? Food service, are they just going to go ahead and write it down? I think most of those plans historically, because this is not our first foray, how do you like that word, um, into a student information system. Uh, so we've we've gone through outages before with sis our prior sis so yeah there are workflows established i just don't know that those workflows are written down got it did you and uh, attendance you, is a great one did you only email or contact like building admins or did you do a blanket email to like faculty staff what's your approach so on uh let me think it was so I think I sent two messages, uh, one of varying detail to each group. So to I, I sent to our main distribution list, our building distribution list that our faculty is part of and just said, hey, sis is down. Uh, I don't have any detail. I'm starting a work order. You know, just be aware that it's down and having issues or it's slow, whatever. I had also sent either right before that or right after that an email to my principals and my uh, central office leadership saying, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I know is fact. I've spoken with support. They're not giving any real detail. I don't know how long this is going to be down. So a little bit more detail in the message to administration, just so they're a little bit more informed if they get asked. But that, that blanket generic warning is, is what I typically send out to the buildings. That's always a hard call for me too. Like that, like at what point are you, down that you know you need to tell everybody yeah i get tired of like the mass work order tickets we're getting that say my sis is slow or sis is down 
And then you don't right. want to go ahead and send that email out. And some people don't check their email for an hour and sys might be back up, but then they're not using it because they think it's down because they read your email, whatever. Yeah. But when you do that full acknowledgement. I, I have a surprise for the group. Uh, we actually have a copy of the message that Josh sent out um, oh. because he sent it to Chris and I in a text message. Uh, oh. It reads, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it reads, motherfucking camp is down again. Is that the message that you sent out to your, uh, that, that to your is, school? That is not the message I sent out to my schools. And Mark, we're never being invited to the White House now. <laughs> There was a time last year with the sis that I'm currently on that you moved away from Josh when like it was kind of common. Yes. There, were, there was a period of time when we were down a lot. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I think so, kind of invented some of those procedures that we were going to follow. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because this has led to discussions with senior leadership in the district of, you know, just, just a, a random remark that we never had this problem before when we hosted it on site, you know, which mm -hmm. I, I agree with the statement. Um, and, and we can get into the whole. Oh yeah. 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 Really so, happened. so you used to be your previous sis. You, you did host it. Is that correct? We were on site. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we, we are, we are not on site. So a year, two years ago, like there was serious issues of downtime, uh, and our sis had to implement some new things on their end to keep keep all of us up. And it was like right. every couple of days, I felt like for a period of time, I was sitting on an email that said sis is down or sis is sluggish. Right. Sis is slow. Yeah. And, and that I made think like the lunch ladies come up with the way of doing, okay, here's how we're going to get through lunch. That made the people with attendance. Here's how we're going to get through attendance. It, it was like forced. We have to figure it out. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I feel like when you when you have an outage, that's the best time to revisit your processes and procedures and start to revise them. But it's very hard to draft all of your different processes on a on a theory of well, what happens if it could go down? So and, and while the iron's hot, Josh, a good time to have a fire drill. Yeah, perfect. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that led to discussions of is this happening because they've added so many schools and realistically we have no idea it's it's only gonna it's gonna depend on how transparent they want to be as far as what the what the real outage was um and i'm not i don't i won't get into that now but um it is interesting you know we we were self-hosted for a while and i and i told somebody else i said you know the nice thing is about this outage that while this outage is going on i don't have people standing over me saying when's it coming back up when's it coming back up while I'm trying to work on a server that's down in my data center, like this is someone else's problem, um, which is not, it is nice and not nice because we don't really know the true story of what's going on and what to expect, <clears throat> but it is not really, um, I'm, I don't have to lay hands on it to fix it kind of thing. So Mark, you're kind of yeah. going through the same thing, right? Yeah. We just moved from an on-prem to a hosted solution and, it's been a little painful and yeah, we had those same conversations of, well, this wasn't happening when we we're on prem. Why is it happening now? Um, but it's, it's hard and you, you, you know, you revisit your communication protocols, you revisit your SLAs with the vendor, you yeah. know, those are the, the kinds of things that come up and then you start to talk about, well, 
I can't get to the SIS. How do I pull a backup set of rosters? Okay, we can get it through Clever or Classic. We can pull the rosters that way, uh, and to, to you know to take attendance. But hmm. it's not easy. It's not easy. But I think everybody needs to be prepared for it. Whether or not you're hosted on prem or in the cloud, you're going to go through an SIS outage. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, that's an interesting this- statement, Mark. That you can get those rosters through Clever. Um, yeah, that's I'm a good have idea. To look at that. Um, is this us showing our age that like, remember when things used to be all on prem and we never had outages? Do you feel like it's that? Cause I, I, I would lean, uh, I would lean on prem, like in a perfect world still for a lot of things. Like I liked control of like, I see it down. I'm looking at the box. You know what I mean? Like I, I can, uh, I can myself have some control about how much this thing's getting worked on. Yeah. As and opposed to like when it's down, it's down. Right. Yeah. And to a degree, that, I, I just. You still prefer wired over wireless? Yes. So you're getting old. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I think it's one of those things, too, that there are advantages that come with cloud hosted. You know, you're, you're not necessarily worrying about backups anymore. You're not necessarily worried about making port forwards or DMZ allocations Mm -hmm. in a firewall, um, getting constantly poked from the outside, something, something along those lines that again, that's someone else's responsibility now, but the trade-off there is you, you do lose a little bit of control of physical assets as well as your data because it's sitting in someone else's data center. Um, and, and when an outage happens, you're really, you don't know the real story because when you call in for support or you start a ticket with support, you're talking to a level one person who's just answering the phone. They're not the engineer trying to troubleshoot and try to fix the problem. Um, so there are definite, definite trade-offs to it. It's, it just depends on what you, I guess, what you put more value in. Speaking of firewalls, Chris, why don't you tell us about Fortinet real quick? Fortinet, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email Fortinet podcast at Fortinet.com to get your Forta products on. So if you have Holla. gone through a sys- if you have gone through a sys outage uh, more Spons- than three week. days. Why don't you shoot us an email? Let us know uh, what your experiences have been with sys outages. Have you adapted your incident response plan? Have you uh, come up with contingency plans on how to take attendance or how to serve lunch? Uh, shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on that. Uh, Chris, you were wanting to talk about copiers and printers. Yeah, let's just, uh, I, I think, play a little, tell us what you do. Um, where are your printers at? Uh, do you still have a bunch of classroom printers? Are they all in the halls? Do you not do printers? Do you only do copiers? Uh, and then, and if you guys would share a little bit of your setup, uh, assumption would be that you do static, uh, reservation, static IPs on everything. Do you do that by host name? Do you do that just by IP address? Do you use, unpack a little bit if you're using a paper, a paper cut or a printer management product would you guys just kind of share printers and copiers at your school districts 
So I, I think with copiers and printers, there's a couple main thoughts as far as um, IP, IPing those things. Uh, you, can, you can go the route of DHCP reservations. You can go the route of static addresses. I used to work with a network admin that loved, hated static addresses, meaning that you were physically manually going out of the way to set a static address on that printer or actually any asset. He, he didn't, this wasn't just printers for him. Um, he would much rather have a DHCP lease and then turn it into a reservation because then he had a record of it. He had some, some way to see that in DHCP. He could see those reservations. Um, I see advantages to that. Um, as far as printer management pieces, I think paper cut is super, super attractive just from the security aspect of it, of their secure print feature. Um, and then as far as IP, I mean, we don't, we don't allow any direct connection to printers via IP address. They're always going through either a print server or print management system. Is that what you're wanting to know? Mm -hmm. And then do you do a bunch of printers or mostly copiers or classroom printers or what? Nope. No printers, only copiers um, and no classroom printers. Do you do stuff like, uh, I guess that secure print. So when they, an IEP yep. is printed to the copier, that teacher has to walk up to it to get that printed kind of thing. Yes. Yep. We did that uh, right before COVID or right after COVID. Um, and the amount of paper it saves is unbelievable. Because we we have it auto delete jobs after, like if, it, if they submit a job to the queue and it sits for eight hours, it automatically deletes. They have to reprint it if they don't release it. Mark, what about you? Uh, very similar. We provide uh, managed print service to the copy machines. Uh, we use MF MFPs. Yeah. Uh, so they're copy, scan, and printing. Uh, and the teachers or staff can just walk up, tap their ID card, and it will print out their jobs that they printed from their computer. Uh, it's pretty great. It's uh, the scanning feature is great because you can scan a document and it goes right to your email. Um, and that's really what we try to say that we support from our department. Uh, if a teacher wants to bring in their own copy or printer to their classroom, uh, we've learned not to get in the way of it. It's just not worth yeah. fighting it. Yeah. But we also take the approach of, you know, we're going to support the main office printers, the, the teacher printers, uh, and not the individual onesies and twosies. So uh, you know, try to take the approach of, I want to make sure that there is a working copy printing printer in each building or if not multiple. Um, but in order for us to do that, we can't support classroom printers. Um, and I think, you know, we'll get a, on occasion requests to help out, but, um, we focus our attention on the big stuff. Yeah. The, the whole, when I got there, they had made a push to get away from classroom printers or, or, teachers buying printers and bringing them in and then asking for them to be set up. And since then we've, I've kind of taken the stance similar to you, Mark, that if you bring it in and you plug it in and it works, you're lucky it, but if it yeah. doesn't, we're not going to come help you install that. That's, you know, you, you, we have these very expensive copy machines that are cheaper to print to that we are buying toner for, you yep. should you should be printing to one of those, not a not a personal. And of course, you know you still get the calls about, hey, I just got this new HP whiz bang. Can you put it on Wi Fi? No, no, we're not. Yeah. We're not doing that. 
Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend taking the approach of like we're going to actively remove classroom no. printers or remove these things. <laughs> no. That's just a recipe for 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 hatred. Mobs. Um, but if you can say like, here is what I do support, and you and you do well with it, right? Then yeah. you're going to give teachers and staff uh, something to look forward to or something to to that they'll enjoy using. So that's that's the approach we take. Like it or or leave it. Chris, I heard there was a rumor that you were going to go around removing printers. I kind of already did that uh, a couple years ago. We had a push for, so we have copiers in hallways and printer lounges and the whole bit, or teacher lounges and the whole bit. Uh, We had one of our elementaries that had received, I think this is Missouri Grant EMETS back in the day, uh, where there was a printer scanner copier in every single classroom. uh, And they were... HP laser jet uh, beasts. They were like long lasting. They wouldn't die. Uh, yeah. So we had, we had said that we were going to not replace them as they died, but they just weren't dying. Uh, <laughs> so to move more to copiers, we had to make a call and we're like, Hey, we are pulling printers out. And yeah, there was some, I mean, you're taking something, you're taking something that was owned in that room uh, away. We still do support fully, uh, printers in sped rooms uh, that comes out of a different budget line. But if you are a sped teacher or like a title teacher, uh, you still have a printer in your room that hmm. we support. So we still have several printers around. Uh, and it's it's that whole deal about like the IEP. We don't want it going to the copier, even though our copiers fully support uh, sec- secure printing. And we've sent out instructions on how that works in the whole bit. Uh, but that's, I guess, culture or tradition uh, that I'd I'd like to change it. But that's that's what we do. I think the one of the rationales for us to get paper cut because it's not a cheap product by any stretch um, was that secure print, and it allowed us to remove or stop supporting and stop buying ink and toner and paper for those printers in special education classrooms because there wasn't, there wasn't a need for them anymore. Um, so that, that was one of the big rationales for us to get paper cut was that, that trade off that quote unquote cost savings, um, to get rid of those printers. And, you know, I guess I'm different from you guys as well. We, the teacher can choose to print securely to the copier. We don't force it, uh, which probably makes it an underused feature. Because they have to go yeah. out their, their way to click on something when they're printing the job. Yeah, the only the only printer, the only network attached printer that gets installed on our PCs and Chromebooks now through group policy is the secure print. That that's the only network resource they have to print to. They they can't print directly to any other copy machines. Um, so yeah, that that definitely makes a difference. If you were to make that jump, I would say you you would see that usage go way up. Josh, funny about uh, IP address stuff. So we have Matt, the technician, is now Matt, the system administrator. So he's over DHCP. So we've had some fun conversations lately about do you do you set a static and then you or 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 do you let it get a DHCP address and, and make that reservation? And and that really is more of a preference thing. Yeah. Uh, or however your head kind of gets stuck. Uh, I'm more the static way. I don't like the DHCP reservoir, you know, getting random IPs assigned. I like to kind of know 
it's not sure. one, two, three, four, five, or whatever you want to say. Uh, that's a good back and forth conversation. No, I, I agree. There's definitely pros and cons to it. Um, I don't know if we can. Oh, I think. Um, Chris, why don't you tell us about Extreme Networks real quick? Extreme Networks, another proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, you can email dmayer at extremenetworks.com. Uh, pretty soon in the next week or so, I'm going to hang out with uh, Kevin. He's a uh, Missouri guy. Uh, he's going to look over my Extreme Cloud IQ setup, uh, make sure I'm maximizing all of its features, all of its setup. Uh, so I'll get to talk about that a little bit uh, here in the next couple of weeks on the podcast, I believe. Extreme Networks. <clears throat> what's what's Dominic's email address? That is dmayer at extremenetworks.com. And we've lost Mark. I think he's he made a funny off. face. He did make a funny face. Like he just won the lottery or something. I thought he was going to text us that he was he had won the lottery and he was quitting. Um, but he's back. Um, so let me mm. just throw let me just throw something out to you guys and get your thought. Um, I had a conversation with a teacher today and she was complaining about the amount of huddle viewing that is going on during class periods and class time. Have you guys, one, have you heard any similar complaints? Do you guys use huddle? Two, have you ever looked at your web usage statistics to see where huddle lands? I'm going to pull that report right now. Oh, okay. Mark, you're shaking your because head. Because I have not. So out of curiosity, when that teacher made this complaint to me, I did pull some reports. And since uh, the start of the school year, Huddle is our fourth highest hit website over Google Docs Drive and Classroom. Um, so it, <laughs> I think that... Um, it is football that does, season. It is football season, but but huddle does way more than football, like soccer, volleyball, you know, girl, boy soccer. Um, so I, I I think it's an interesting conversation to have. I'm not sure I'm taking a stance on it yet. Either way, I, there's definitely value in the in the service that huddle provides. But the, to me, the bigger question is: is that a valuable service during the instructional hours or instructional time? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where this where this shakes up. Um, and Chris, I'm curious to see what your reports tell you. I'm trying to pull it. Large data sets may take some time to display. Oh, that's right. You're on that system. <laughs> so, yeah, if uh, if you're listening to this and you see another episode come out while Chris is pulling his usage stats, uh, if you see another episode come out about Elena Clark interview or titled something along those lines, Make sure to download it and listen to it. Um, that it really was a good interview. Elena gives us some good insight as to uh, what CISA, CISA is working on and some of the new initiatives, including the White House convening and a couple other things that are uh, that CISA is working on for K twelve and making K twelve priority. Chris, any data yet? No. <sighs> Mark's gonna have to cut a bunch. What's Mark's problem? Uh, he's not talking. He's like doing his best Charlie Chaplin impression. I'm so, I'm tired. I got lots going on right now. So. I'm going to say this as we close. Mark, 
if I'm being honest with you, how long have we known each other? Uh, a year oh, and a half. Oh, jeez. It's, yeah, it's been over a year. I can tell a difference with your head. Like your hair. <laughs> There's a difference. Are you saying I've lost hair since yes, we've met? That's what I'm saying. Wow. I'm, and I really think in a week. This this gray here, that's all. This is Chris right here. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This has been a great episode. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm saying on me, not you, Mark. On me. This is Chris. This is Chris. Chris went after the top of my head. You just no, went after no. My gray comment hair was not on me, my not, chin. Not you. No. This is this has been a rough day, and you guys just kick me kick, down. Kick you so, all down. This has been great, guys. Thank you. All right. Well, we're still waiting on Chris to pull his data. We'll we'll. It's really bad. What's the deal um, with this report? Well, it's the system you're using. Um, so share us with your friends. Make make that uh, make that email to some of your local support groups or your local K-12 groups in your county, in your area, share us with coworker. Shoot us an email. Hey, mine is, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Mine's down the list. Oh, really? Interesting. Like 40 something. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got Google. I got Clever at the top. My school website, Google, YouTube, Arsis, Pearson, Prodigy Game. Wow. Reading eggs, Savis, quizzes. You, not, you guys, your coach, your coaches must not be bought into the Huddle ecosystem yet. Math seeds, and then okay. Huddle. Yeah, you got a you got a problem over there. Well, they're we're just bought into Huddle. I mean, our coaches are <laughs> using it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. a service. So it it'll be interesting to see where this shakes out. Uh, so wrapping it up. Thank you for listening. Share us with your friends, your coworkers. Shoot us an email, k12techtalk at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. Uh, We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.